how do you find out that you're starting to be really good at, at uh, the nationwide dispo? Yeah. Well, I, I wasn't at first. I can tell you, um, I have found every way to screw it up possible. I've lost, lost a bunch of money. So what happened was we came to Chattanooga uh, 2009. We did like almost 40 deals in our first like first six months. We did a lot um, because we were out there just, just hustling like maniacs working you know, 18 hours a day. So um, my philosophy has always been for people work in your home market first, right? Because it's easier if there's a conundrum, right? The way I explain it to people is like, if you're, uh, if you ever played sports, like in high school and football or wrestling or something, right? You could muscle your way through something, right? You didn't have to have the best technique, but you could, you could make stuff happen. Well, wholesaling in your own town is like that. You got a seller who's not cooperating. You can run to the house. You got a buyer who you need to get in. You can run to the house. You, you can just, there are just things you can do in, in a market near your house that you can't always do virtual as easy. Mike check. I'm good. Mike check. Mike check. You can read about success all day long, but if you don't put in the work, the mindset, execution, and the hustle behind your vision, it just remains a dream. When everything goes wrong, you have to take all the responsibility. We uncover what high-level entrepreneurs, business owners do to rise up from hustling daily. So do what you feel passionate about. Take chances. The world becomes your library to help you become better at your craft. Join me as I share with you actionable tips to help you grow your business, learn skills, and help you level up in your self-development journey. Your number one spot for business and personal growth is the Online Hustlers Podcast with your host, Esteban Andrade. Every day I'm hustling. Welcome to the Online Hustlers Podcast. In this episode, I'm going to be covering mastering nationwide dispositions with our very special guest, David Olds. Um, David Olds, he is a real estate investor, wholesaler, and he also coaches. He has his own students up about that coaches nationwide dispositions. And yeah. uh, you can find him on Instagram. Um, I believe, uh, David, uh, David, where, where we can find you on Instagram? Um, it's David Olds, R-E-I. Pretty, pretty. David Olds, actually, all my R-E-I. There you go. Everything yeah. that I'm asking for you guys, everything that I'm asking for from you guys at this point is just for you to share this content, share this post, yeah. share this podcast episode to your colleagues, to whoever is watching and listening to this. Uh, I want to make sure that everyone gets as much value as possible. We're covering today the art of converting deals in the other side of the spectrum. So we talk about acquisitions a lot. Uh, we talk about marketing and everything, but at the end of the day, it's also both end sales. So how do you actually market a property once you have it under contract, what's in there in a nationwide level? So that's why David, David Olds comes in here as, as an expert in, in, the, in the topic. And we're going to be able to dive in. Like I said, you guys, look, in this episode, I'm going to try to like scratch the nitty gritty the needed ingredient value that we can provide for every single one of you guys. So uh, my job is to like uncover all the secrets, all these tips that we can give you because this guest is about to drop bombs. So <laughs> David, yeah, how are you, my man? I'm doing great, man. Thank you so much for having me on. I love that intro. That is, that really says everything to set the stage for uh, being a successful um, investor. So that was awesome. I enjoyed that. <laughs> Thanks, man. So 
um, I, I just I just want to make sure that people get to know you a little bit more because like uh, there's so many real estate investors and so many wholesalers and even so yeah. many like edu education uh, gurus or or coaches or things like that. Yeah. And uh, I want to make sure that you're that you're seen you're 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 seen today as that person that okay. has found a niche and that yeah. niche is this position. So tell me, tell me more about you. Um, like, when did you start uh, going diving into the dispositions nationwide? And I guess mm -hmm. like your your story, uh, your quick story about being sure. a, an investor wholesaler nationwide. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so I've been an investor for a long time. I'm like one of those guys that's been around forever. Um, really quick, my wife and I bought our first house back in 2003. Um, in Orlando and Central Florida. And, uh, you know, back then, it looked kind of like now, right? The market was crazy. It was on fire. And, um, you know, my first house, I was going to closing. And, and after we came out, I talked to my realtor and I said, I don't understand. Why did we buy this from Wells Fargo? She's like, oh, dummy, it was a foreclosure. I'm like, well, I didn't know. <laughs> so, um, you know, we bought our first house. We, we lived in it. We fixed it up. And I had to transfer for work. I wanted to get closer to work. So I decided to sell it. And, as we're going to closing with the same realtor, she's like, oh, by the way, you know, this 54,000 or whatever you're going to make, it's tax-free. And I'm like, what? How is it tax-free? You know, and she explained Homestead, we've lived in it for two years. So, um, so that was kind of how we got started. Um, you know, we bought a house, we lived in it, we flipped it. And then uh, I'm like, wow, this is really cool. We should, we should learn some more about this. And like almost every investor I read, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, which really, really catapulted me. Um, but yeah, so it, we started investing in the mid 2000s. My wife and I, we both had jobs. We had regular, you know, nine to five jobs in, in the Orlando area. She worked for a big construction company and I worked for 84 Lumber and ProBuild, you know, that kind of thing, selling building materials. So um, kind of had a little bit of that background um, because it's what we did in our nine to five. But, uh, you know, that was great. We were flipping houses and doing really well until you know, 2007, eight, nine came along and the world just kind of collapsed and came to a stop, especially in Florida. I mean, it really like just fell off, off the side of a cliff. I remember we bought our last house in Florida. It was a probate deal. And I think we bought it in, uh, let me see. So like June of 2008, I had to count backwards a little bit. Work lived in it. We were fixing it up. Um, January came around. Anyways, when we bought that house, a house one block over, two blocks down. We bought it for 99 and a house that sold for 214. So I'm like, oh, this is going to be great. Well, six months later, really to make it quick, the realtor came in and she's like, yeah, we can probably get you like 145. I'm like, wait a minute, six months ago, you know, 214, how, how did that happen? And what it was, was just the market had just collapsed so quickly. And, you know, that was going to be the, the last, I keep kicking the camera, that was going to be the last house that we did. And we, we had already known we were going to relocate to another market where it was going to be, we had picked another market for real estate. So we knew we were moving to Chattanooga. So that was going to be our last big pop. It was going to be a nice rehab deal. And uh, no, it didn't happen the way that we thought. So kind of to answer your question, we, we came to Chattanooga and our intention was like every investors, we were going to buy multifamily, right? Everybody always wants to level up. If you're doing single families, you want to be doing duplexes and quads, quads, people, they want to be doing 20 units. You know, everybody's trying to, trying to always ramp up their, up their business. So we came here and, uh, you know, we started doing a bunch of marketing and, and doing those types of things. And, uh, you know, if anybody wasn't around in 2009, you know, buying big multifamilies is a great idea, except that the banks weren't lending any money. 
<laughs> so, like they, they were busy taking back properties, not lending out money on new properties. So we pivoted a little bit. I, I knew of wholesaling. I had tried it a little bit in the Orlando market and didn't really stick, but I was making a bunch of money from rehab. So I, I wasn't super concerned about it. Um, but now the market's terrible. We're in Chattanooga. We've got to do something. And we just really, we, we dove all in <clears throat> because like, like our jobs are gone. My wife got laid off. Um, you know, my job was pretty much non-existent. So we came here all for real estate and we, you know, we had no money. We started with like $5,000 in our bank account, great credit and all that. But again, nobody's lending money. 2009, there weren't even hard money lenders in, in Tennessee back then. So, um, so yeah, we just, we just really did that kind of old school bootstrap marketing, driving for dollars, bandit signs, you know, all that type of stuff. And exact opposite of where we are in today's market. Very easy to go out and find a house. But what was difficult was finding somebody to buy those houses. So that's where we started to get really good at dispositions and um, moving the properties just as quickly as possible. Because also Chattanooga, different from Tampa, Orlando, Jacksonville, Miami, where it's a very sophisticated investor market. Like back then in the 2000s, everybody knew what a wholesale assignment fee was. Boom, boom, boom. No problem. We come to Chattanooga with its 150,000 people. They've never seen an assignment. Like buyers had no idea what that even meant. So we had to find some ways to kind of repackage that and remarket our deal so that they could understand it and we could do more deals. So, so that was a little bit of a, of a challenge that we had to overcome as well. Um, so yeah, so that's, that's really how we started. I mean, in our wholesale business, we got good because we worked really hard, but um, yeah, we definitely had to attack dispositions from a different angle and, and get really good at marketing. Yeah. I think right now you have a, uh... Like uh, like a team, and, and most of them are 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 or women. I think so. I think I saw your picture. Most of them are, <laughs> they, are women are. that are leading your like, pack. Is that is yeah? That right? I, it is. I get a lot of comments about that because I, I speak all over the country and I travel and I've got friends, and it's always like, "Oh, you're the guy with all those girls." I'm like, "Yeah." Like I'll be honest with you, I don't hire any of them. They they hire themselves, and uh, even the girls are like, "When are you going to get us a dude?" I'm like, oh, listen, I you know we we put out those Indeed ads and and we get what we get. Um, and just for some reason in our market, we get very few men, um, are qualified. Um, I do have, I do have one, his name's Andy. He was a, he was a top salesman at BMW for, like you have to, years. you have to say, you have to tell the truth. You have everything to attract the, the women. You have everything. <laughs> yeah, <it's laughs> me, you right? have it all. So, so yeah, it's my wife and, who sits uh, in the office next door to me, but, um, no, we have a, we have an interesting hiring process. Um, the, I actually have my assistant go through indeed and, and pre-screen people. And then when we hire, we actually do it through a three-step hiring process. So first time, first you come in and, and if I'm available, you'll talk to me and my operations manager. Uh, second, in, if I'm not, it's her and somebody else. Um, second interview is maybe with her and one of our department heads. And then the third interview, we actually send them out for coffee with, with we randomly pick two employees and we send them out for coffee at Starbucks. And what I tell them is this, hey, we all work here a lot. We're very protective of our culture. So we have like, we have a no asshole policy. Like we don't hire anybody that's a pain in the butt. We, we just don't want to deal with that. And uh, so anyways, they go out for coffee and I tell them, look, this is your opportunity to ask them, hey, was that guy lying? What's it really like to work here? You know, because making a change, if you're, you know, going from one job to another, or if you're embarking on a new career, like that's important stuff. You want, you want to know that. Also on the flip side, every one of my employees has been on the other side of that table. Right. So they are very aware of what they are looking for because like they're going to work with this person probably more than me. And uh, so they're and they're very protective of each other and the company. So they will come back and tell me like I'm like, I, I already know the person can or can't do the job, at least from what they've said. 
they'll give me kind of thumbs up, thumbs down. And I'll tell you, every time they've told me not to hire somebody and I have, it's been a mistake. So so they, they're sort of that last screening process um, to, to determine if somebody's yeah. going to be good for our culture. I think one of the biggest uh, struggles when people need to scale and really want to scale mm-hmm. anything, any type of operations and business yeah. is, um, is just figuring out the people process, like intaking mm-hmm. people, intaking yeah. your own these are your own clients, basically. I mean, mm-hmm. these are mm-hmm. these are basically your 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 family that you're going. There's helping you like take it to mm-hmm. other other levels where you yeah. are delegating and you actually becoming a CEO. And and then you're mm-hmm. actually probably by hiring the right people, you might just yeah. go onto the board of directors and just sit in the back and and be able yeah. to like enjoy your fruits and levers without being an <laughs> operator. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah, for sure. And, and I don't know that in a wholesaling business, you can ever just completely step away. Um, we, we have a really great structure. I've got an amazing uh, director of sales and operation, another uh, girl that's just uh, keeps me out of so much trouble, keeps me on track. Narissa, she, uh, she handles all of our marketing and virtual assistance. But um, yeah, understanding how to set up, set up your company is, is really important. And um, we relaunched our company. We took it to zero back in July of this past year and completely relaunched it. Um, and before I did that, you know, I, I talked to a lot of my friends who are nationwide wholesalers that run these big, you know, eight and ten million dollar companies, and sort of talked to them all. And I said, like, hey, like your company's awesome, Nick Perry. Like you're you're amazing. Like, but if you could look at your company, like what thing would you change? So so I talked to a bunch of them and <sighs> different schools of thought on how to pay people. Um, some people are on the I want to be commission only. Other people are on are on salary, and what we what we ended up with is a little bit of a blended system where we give them a small you know a small salary and then then also commission, um, you know, so that we, you know, I don't want anybody to starve, right? It takes it's taking like thirty days, thirty one days to close a wholesale deal right now, so it's tough to ask people to come in and work for you for you know for free for those thirty days. People have lives and kids and dogs and mortgages and rent yeah. and, and that type of stuff. Um, one hundred percent. So, so right now you said that you had in July you had to you know go back to ground zero, and yep. um, but right now how many how many people are in your team? Like how many how many we of these got, women are, and and how many more apart from her from them? Um, let me do a quick count. One, I have eight people in just my wholesaling business and two VAs right now, and of them, all but one of them are women. Uh, just just the one guy on acquisitions. So, so these are all local, all yep. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, except for for two VAs. Yeah, right? yeah. I have one. I have one out of Venezuela, and she does all of my texting every day. And she's, or I'm sorry, there are three VAs. Sorry, very sorry. Um, so two people that are two of them that are texting, and they're just all day on our texting platform, and you know, answering you know basic pre-screening type questions. And then I've got one that I just hired, who's amazing. He came as a referral. And he is out of the Philippines and his English is good as yours. It's awesome. And he, I think he did like nine years with Blue Cross Shield. I mean, he, he's just fantastic. And we brought him in as a junior acquisitions agent. So we're going to get him trained in our system. And then hopefully we can, we can bump him up to full acquisitions. So yeah, um, which is a shift for me. I've, for the 20 years that I've been an investor, I've always been, you know, I want people in house. Cause I like that feeling that around the campfire, right? I can bring everybody into a circle and go, Hey, Okay, <laughs> here's what we got to do. We got a little problem. I need to shift you and you and you off of these things, and let's do this and do that. Um, you know, because I can sort of re reposition them and and re retarget the direction that we're going in on a day if we need to, right? 
if maybe I'm having a problem with a wholesale deal, I can bring the acquisitions person over and go, hey, in fact, we're having this issue right now. We've got a $24,000 assignment fee that I was just talking to somebody about. And seller, we haven't heard from the seller in a couple of days. So we're like, you got to get hold of the seller. We talk to our transaction coordinators. You got to do this, the buyer, you know. So I just like that ability to, to bring everybody together. Um, but, you know, it's so, it's so hard to hire right now. There's, there's just a lack of just bodies out there in the workforce who are qualified and looking for work. And we've, this is new for me. Like we, we found that hiring virtual assistants can, can fill that gap for us and we can pay them really good. They're really happy and we can get it done um, at a little bit of a discount. So that's, that's helping us scale out. And we've got some, some big plans for adding VAs this year. Okay. That's awesome. So let's yeah. talk about that, that, that juicy thing that we really want to, want to listen. Let's talk about that yeah. nationwide dispo. At yeah. what point did you, did you actually start knowing that, Hey, I'm, I'm actually very good at this. Like how, <laughs> how do you find out that you're starting to be really good at, at uh, the nationwide dispo? Yeah. Well, I, I wasn't at first. I could tell you, um, I have found every way to screw it up possible. I've lost a bunch of money. So what happened was we came to Chattanooga uh, 2009. We did like almost 40 deals in our first like first six months. We did a lot um, because we were out there just, just hustling like maniacs working, you know, 18 hours a day. So um, my philosophy has always been for people work in your home market first, right? Because it's easier if there's a conundrum, right? The way I explain it to people is like, if you're, uh, if you ever played sports, like in high school and football or wrestling or something, right? You could muscle your way through something, right? You didn't have to have the best technique, but you could, you could make stuff happen. Well, wholesaling in your own town is like that. You got a seller who's not cooperating. You can run to the house. You got a buyer who you need to get in. You can run to the house. You, you can just, there are just things you can do in, in a market near your house that you can't always do virtual as easy, right? So being virtual, you have to have that technique. You have to have a plan. You have to have to understand the processes and you have to really refine, refine that so that you can, you can scale it and do those things over and over and over again, right? So if you're going to be virtual, you have to have a plan. How am I going to find somebody to go take pictures and video for me? Okay. How am I going to get this lockbox on the property? How am I going to, um, you know, how am I going to get somebody over there so that my buyer isn't talking to my seller, right? So you just have to have those processes and things in place. So, so anyways, Chattanooga, we're killing it. We're doing amazing. It's me and my wife, and I'd had a couple partners over time, and uh, I had this other guy, young college kid. He was like amazing. He he wanted to learn real estate, and I kept blowing him off. And I'd say, "I'll oh, go do this. Go go make a list of like 500 houses." Freaking kid would come back. His name is Justin Huggins. He's he's amazing. A great investor now. Owns a title company, but he would come back and do it. I'm like, "Ah, kid, go away. Go put out these signs for me." He would come back after he put in all the signs. So, anyways. He wanted to do do some wholesaling stuff, so I took him on in, in acquisitions, and 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 he was a partner in our business. And then I had a fourth person, so it's me, my wife, Justin. Now another one guy comes in who's really smart and says, "Hey, I'd like to. I want to be a partner. I'm going to do some stuff with you. I want to do wholesaling." I'm like, "Well, Chattanooga's not that big of a town, and our average assignment fee at the time was only like eight or nine thousand dollars." I'm like, nine thousand split four ways. That's not too good." So what that was at the point where we decided, well, let's. Let's go to another market. I don't really like that, but we need to expand out because we need to do more deals, right? And, or we needed more volume, right? Let's say that we needed more income. So, you know, I'm, I'm not the smartest guy in, in the world, but I know that it's easier to do 20 deals in two markets than 20 deals in one, right? So that was the, the idea. Like, okay, we're in Chattanooga, Birmingham. Let's go to Birmingham. It's close. If there's a catastrophe, we can drive there. We can, we can, 
we can figure it out. So that's how we started. And this is before cold calling and everything took off. So we just started with, with postcards. And then we're like, oh, well, this is doing good. We're doing a couple of deals. Let's go to another market, St. Louis. And you know, both of those markets ended up blowing up for a variety of reasons. We didn't know the market. We didn't know how to do market research for cash buyers. We didn't understand what areas, how to pick an area to, to work out of. So lots of mistakes there. But ultimately, that was the, the thing that, that drove me to have to go virtual was having four partners in the business at the time. I just couldn't do enough deals for everybody to make six figures in Chattanooga. Well, so, in order for so yeah, you to, in order for you to start getting way more deals, and at the same time, um, maybe not not limiting yourself to one geographic area. Yeah. In that time, it made sense for you to go on different states, different counties, mm -hmm. different cities. Yeah. Is that right? Hundred percent. Okay. So yeah, and one, we um, yeah. Sorry, I'm real quick. We're like we went to two, and we like jacked it up as bad as bad as it possibly could. We, uh, <laughs> I've done some presentations before. We have what's called like a whiteboard, like graveyard, where we've mapped out over the years, like this is how our business is going to work. This is how virtual wholesaling is going to work for us this year. And then oh, we go back and that, cross that out, cross that out. Okay, let's figure this out. So we were constantly tweaking it over time and it's entertaining a little bit. I'll go back and I'll look at those things from four years ago and like, oh, we were going to be on this JV model and it was going to be fantastic and we were going to be in 10 markets with 10 JV partners and we're going to, you know, we're going to be doing so much money, order the jet now. And, uh, you know, we've just learned all those things that don't work. 